For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the daily tamid lamb offering this is part 10 of the series next we're going to see that after the destruction of the second temple in the year 70 the rabbis restructured judaism so that the daily prayers of the jewish people would be structured and patterned after the daily tamid lamb offering both in the morning and in the afternoon in the temple that being the case the rabbis teach that abraham instituted the morning prayers in the talmud in barahot 26b it says it has been taught in accordance with rabbi yossi son of hanina abraham instituted the morning tefillah or prayers as it says and abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he had stood genesis chapter 19 verse 27 and standing means only prayer as it says then stood up phineas and prayed psalm 106 verse 30 the rabbis teach that isaac instituted the afternoon prayers in the talmud in barahot 26b it says isaac instituted the afternoon tefillah or prayers as it says and isaac went out to meditate in the field at eventide genesis chapter 24 verse 63 and meditation means only prayer as it says a prayer of the afflicted when he faints and pours out his meditation before the lord psalm 102 verse 1 the rabbis teach that jacob instituted the evening prayers in the talmud in barahot 26b it says jacob instituted the evening prayer as it says and he lighted vayivga is what it says in the hebrew upon the place genesis chapter 28 verse 11 and pegia means only prayer as it says therefore pray not thou for this people neither lift up a prayer nor cry for them neither make intercession tivga to me jeremiah chapter 7 verse 16 in the Talmud, in Barahot 26b, it explains that the men of the great assembly started the daily Jewish prayer services. As it says, Rabbi Joshua, son of Levi, says, The tefillahs, that is the daily Jewish prayers, were instituted by the men of the great assembly, or synagogue, to replace, or to remember, the daily sacrifices, that is, the daily tamid lamb offering, in the temple. In Mishnah Torah, Moses Maimonides, a rabbi of the Middle Ages, explains in Hilchot Tefillah 1.5. 
that the men of the great assembly started the daily Jewish prayer services, as he explains. They also decreed that the number of prayers correspond to the number of sacrifices, two prayers every day corresponding to the two daily sacrifices. On any day that an additional sacrifice was offered, they instituted a third prayer corresponding to the additional offering. So Moses Maimonides explains in Mishnah Torah and Hilchot Tefillah 1.5 the names of the daily Jewish prayer services. For he says, the prayer that corresponds to the daily morning sacrifice is called the Shakarit prayer. The prayer that corresponds to the daily sacrifice offered in the afternoon is called the Minha prayer. And the prayer corresponding to the additional offerings is called the Musaf prayer. So next we're going to give you an outline of the morning prayer service. The morning prayer service is called Shakarit, as it is in the Jewish prayer book called the Siddur. So in the Siddur, the outline of the morning prayer service is as follows. Number one, first, there are morning blessings which include the remembering of the binding of Isaac from Genesis chapter 22. Number two, there's the remembering of the daily service, including the washing in the laver, removing the ashes from the altar, reciting the commandment of the daily Tamid lamb burnt offerings from Numbers chapter 28 verses 1 through 10, the burning of incense for the burning of the lamps, Exodus chapter 30 verses 7 and 8, as well as verses 34 to 36, the order of the altar service and the location where the slaughter took place and details regarding the public offerings. Next in the order of service in the prayer book is the section known as Pesuke de Zimra, which is a series of biblical verses, mostly from the Psalms, which includes the Song of Moses from Exodus chapter 15, verses 1 to 19. Next, number four, is the Shema and its blessings. This is followed by number five, the Amidah, which is the 18 benedictions, which is followed by number six, Takanun, which are prayers of supplication, which is a heartfelt plea for God's gracious compassion. Next comes the Torah reading, which is done only on Mondays and Thursdays. And finally, number eight in the order of service is the concluding prayers, which includes the song of the day, which the Levites would recite in the temple. So let's summarize this part of the teaching. Number one, the rabbis teach that Abraham instituted the morning prayers and Isaac the afternoon prayers. Number two, the men of the great assembly started the daily Jewish prayer services. Number three, today's Jewish prayer services is a reminder of the practice done in the temple in offering the daily Tamid lamb offering. Number four, today's Jewish prayer services is found in the Jewish prayer book, the Siddur, is patterned after the daily Tamid lamb offering in the temple. In the next section of this teaching, we're going to focus on looking at the prophecy that the daily Tamid lamb offering will be restored in the end of days, and the daily morning and afternoon lamb will be offered upon the altar in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount in the end of days. And the false messiah and the beast system will demand that the daily Tamid lamb offering will be stopped 
and in doing so, it'll bring judgment upon the world, and it will initiate the Great Tribulation. And the significance of the stopping of the daily Tamid lamb offering, and why the judgment of the God of Israel will be so severe upon the world who stops it, is rooted in the understanding that the physical world is a mirror of the spiritual world. And in the beginning, the Bible tells us that Lucifer led a rebellion of the heavenly hosts against the throne of the God of Israel and against Yeshua, who is described in the book of Revelation as the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. So let's begin to examine in detail the understanding of these things. To begin with, we want to mention that the daily Tamid lamb offering was stopped by the Babylonians and destroyed the first temple on the 17th day of the month of Tammuz. So the priests in the first temple stopped offering the daily sacrifice on the 17th of Tammuz. This is mentioned in the Talmud in Ta'anit 28b. Due to the shortage of sheep during the siege in the next year, that is in 586 BC, the walls of Jerusalem were breached after many months of siege by Nebuchadnezzar and his Babylonian forces. The stopping of the daily Tamid lamb offering in the end of days is associated with the day of the Lord. In Joel chapter 1 verse 13 and verse 15 it is written, Gird yourselves and lament, ye priests, howl, ye ministers of the altar, for the meat offering and the drink offering is withheld from the house of your God. So the meat offering and the drink offering is put upon the altar following the sacrifice of the morning and the afternoon lamb. And this is prophesied to happen as we enter into the day of the Lord. For in Joel chapter 1 verse 15 it is written alas for the day for the day of the Lord is at hand and as destruction from the Almighty shall it come the stopping of the daily Tamid lamb offering and the setting up of the abomination of desolation in the end of days is prophesied in the book of Daniel in Daniel chapter 8 verse 11 it is written yea he magnified himself even to the prince of the host and by him the daily sacrifice was taken away and then in Daniel chapter 11 verse 31 it is written and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength and shall take away the daily sacrifice and they shall place the abomination that makes desolate so in reference to the prophecy in Daniel about the stopping of the daily Tamid lamb offering and the setting up the abomination of desolation Yeshua mentioned this prophecy in Matthew chapter 24 as a trigger to starting the great tribulation in Matthew chapter 24 24, verse 15 and verse 21 it is written when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet for then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time no nor ever shall be so many terrible things have happened in the world in the last 2,000 years including world wars so why haven't any of the horrible things that's happened in the earth in the last 2,000 years brought about the judgment of the nations in the Great Tribulation? However, the stopping of the daily Tamid lamb offering and the setting up of the abomination of desolation 
is going to start the Great Tribulation. Why does the God of Israel view the stopping of the daily lamb offering as being such a serious event? Well, in order to understand this, we need to realize that the physical world is a mirror of the spiritual world, and the end is told in the beginning. So let's see this principle that the end is told in the beginning. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 through 11, as it is written. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. So in what context is there nobody like the God of Israel? Well, it goes on to say in Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel will stand, what's his counsel? To declare the end from the beginning, and I will do all my pleasure. And at the end of Isaiah chapter 46, verse 11, it is written, Yea, I have spoken it, when, in the beginning, and I will also bring it to pass, when, in the end. I have purposed it, when, in the beginning, and I will also do it, when, in the end. We can see the principle that the end is told in the beginning, or biblical history's prophecy, from Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9, as it is written, The thing that has been, that is the past, is that which shall be, that is the future, and that which is done, is that which shall be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. We can see this in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 15, as it is written, That which has been, that is the past, is now, and that which is to be, that is the future, has already been, that is the past, because God requires in the future that which is past. So if we go back to the very beginning of what the Bible tells us regarding what happened before Adam and Eve was in the Garden of Eden, we're told in Ezekiel chapter 28 verses 13 and 14 that Lucifer was an anointed cherub, and a cherub is of the angelic class, and ultimately he led a rebellion against the heavenly Jerusalem and against the throne of the God of Israel and the Lamb who sits on that throne. In Ezekiel chapter 28 verses 13 and 14 it is written, You have been in Eden, the garden of God, referring to Lucifer. You are the anointed cherub that covers, and I have set you so, and you are upon the holy mountain of God, that is, Mount Zion, or the heavenly Jerusalem. So given that Lucifer is said to be an anointed cherub, now we're going to see that cherubim covered the Ark of the Covenant. In 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 6 and 7, it is written, And the priests brought in the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord unto his place, into the oracle of the house, to the most holy place even under the wings of the cherubims for the cherubims spread forth their wings over the place of the ark so the cherubims cover the ark of the covenant and the throne of god is between the cherubims in psalm 99 verse 1 it is written the lord reigns let the people tremble he sits between the cherubims let the earth be moved so we can see from Isaiah chapter 14 verses 12 and 13 that Lucifer rebelled against the throne of the God of Israel in the Lamb, that is Yeshua, who sits on the throne of the heavenly Jerusalem. In Isaiah chapter 14 verses 12 and 13 it is written, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend in the heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. 
So Lucifer wanted to sit on the mount of the congregation on the sides of the north. And what is the mount of the congregation on the sides of the north? It is Mount Zion, which is an alternative name for the heavenly Jerusalem. In Psalm chapter 48, verse 2, it is written, Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. On the sides of the north, and it is also the city of the great king. We can see in Revelation chapter 13 verse 8 that Yeshua, the Lamb of God, was slain from the foundation of the world, as it is written. The Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Next we can see in Revelation chapter 5 verses 6 and verse 13 that the Lamb who was slain is worshipped in heaven. In Revelation chapter 5 verse 6 it is written, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain. Now Revelation chapter 5 verse 13. And every creature which is in heaven heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sits upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever. There is continuous worship in heaven of the lamb. We can see this in Revelation chapter 4 verse 2 and verse 8 as it is written. Behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. And the four beasts had each of them six wings, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was, and is, and is to come. So from this, we can see why the God of Israel gave instruction to his people that they offer a lamb in the morning and in the afternoon, because it's a blueprint or a spiritual picture of Yeshua, the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world, who is continuously worshipped around the heavenly throne in the new Jerusalem. Next, we can see that angels worship Yeshua. In Psalm 148, verses 1 and 2, it is written, Praise ye the Lord, praise ye the Lord from the heavens, and praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all ye angels, praise him all his hosts. And then in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 6, And again, when he brings in the first begotten in the world, he says, And let all the angels of God worship him, that is, Yeshua. We can see in Revelation chapter 5, that the Lamb who is slain that sits on the throne is worshipped around the throne by the angels. In Revelation chapter 5 verse 6 it is written, And in the midst of the throne stood a lamb as it had been slain. Now Revelation chapter 5 verses 11 and 12 it is written, And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the lamb that was slain. By looking at Isaiah chapter 6 verses 1 through 3, we can see that seraphims worship Yeshua sitting on a throne. In Isaiah chapter 6 verses 1 through 3 it is written, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, and above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings, and one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Now, in referring to Isaiah chapter 6, we are told in John chapter 12 that the one who the seraphims are worshipping around the throne is Yeshua. So in John chapter 12 verse 37, it speaks of Yeshua by saying, But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. And next in John chapter 12 verse 39, Therefore they could not believe because Isaiah said, and then in John chapter 12 verse 41, it makes a quote, or a reference back to Isaiah chapter 6 
where it says, These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spoke of him. So we see that angels worship Yeshua around the throne. There's different classes of angels. There's cherubs and there's seraphim. And back to Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 13 and 14, we're told that the one who was in Eden, the garden of God, referring to Lucifer, that he was an anointed cherub. He was commissioned with a task, and he had the anointing of God to do this task. And what was it? To be a worship leader of the angels of Yeshua, the Lamb of God, who sits on the heavenly throne and was slain from the foundation of the world. So when Lucifer led a rebellion of the heavenly hosts against the throne of God and the Lamb who sits on the throne, because of that rebellion, there was a suspension of the continuous worship of the Lamb around the throne, and it divided the heavenly Jerusalem. And as a result, there was war in heaven, and Lucifer got cast out of the heavenly Jerusalem, and he lost his place and role as the anointed cherub. Yeshua referred to the fall of Lucifer or Satan in Luke chapter 10 verse 18, as it is written. And he said unto them, And I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. And then in Revelation chapter 12 verse 7 and verse 9 it is written and there was war in heaven michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought in his angels and the great dragon was cast out so lucifer and the other angels and those of the heavenly hosts who rebelled against Yeshua in the worship of him as the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world, they were judged for their rebellion. In Isaiah chapter 14 verse 12, it is written, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. Isaiah chapter 14 verse 15, Yet you shall be brought down to hell. And not only Lucifer, but the angels that rebelled with him. In Second Peter chapter 2 verse 4, it is written, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell. So just as there was a judgment of the heavenly hosts that partnered with Lucifer to rebel against the throne of God in Yeshua, after there's a restoration of the daily Tamid lamb offering in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount in the end of days, once it is stopped, there will be a judgment upon the nations and a judgment upon those who advocate the cessation of the daily Tamid lamb offering in the morning and in the afternoon. In Zechariah chapter 14, verse 1 and verse 3, it is written, Behold, the day of the Lord comes, and then shall the Lord go forth and fight against the nations as when he fought in the day of battle. So in the day of the Lord, not only are the nations judged, but specifically Babylon and the Babylonian system is judged. So when John, the disciple of Yeshua, when he was given this vision on the Isle of Patmos, he was being shown events that were taking place in the prophetic day of the Lord. As it says in Revelation chapter 1 verse 10, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. That is the day of the Lord. And as a part of the day of the Lord, the nations will be judged. In Revelation chapter 6 verse 17 it is written, For the great day of his wrath is come. Revelation chapter 16 verse 19, And the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of of his wrath. So let's summarize this part of the teaching. Number one, Lucifer was an anointed cherub who led the continuous worship 
of Yeshua in the heavenly Jerusalem. Number two, Lucifer rebelled against worshiping Yeshua and instead wanted himself to be worshipped by others. Number three, when Lucifer rebelled, he suspended the continuous worship of Yeshua in the heavenly Jerusalem. Number four, the earth is a blueprint of the spiritual world and the end is told in the beginning. Number five, just as Satan caused the suspension of the continuous worship of Yeshua around the throne of the heavenly Jerusalem, so also Satan will stir those on the earth in demand that the daily Tamid lamb offering be suspended in the end of days. And when this happens, Yeshua told us in Matthew chapter 24 that it will cause the start of the Great Tribulation. Well, that's going to conclude part 10 of the series on the subject, the daily Tamid lamb offering. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.